Today is September 21st, 2022. This is Everyone Has an Opinion. My name is Juan. I'm joined here today by Kai the Dachshund. He's crazy, so if you hear any sniffing around or barking or heavy breathing, I promise you it's not me. It's this guy, but we're here to talk some boxing. Let's talk about last weekend. Before we get into this weekend's fight, let's talk about last weekend. Canelo vs. Triple G was a dud. One of the worst fights of the year, in my opinion, as far as on the scale. I mean, not the worst fight, but on the scale. It was supposed to be a big event. Supposed to be a big fight. Two action fighters. Two guys with a rivalry. Two guys with a true disdain for each other. And they came in, and they really played it safe, in my opinion. Triple G looked old. He looked his age. He didn't seem to want to engage early in the fight. He was gun-shy. He didn't go for it really until the ninth or 10th round, it was an abysmal effort, if you want to be honest. I mean, Triple G did not look good. Canelo didn't look good. Triple G looked much worse. Canelo looked good early. He looked sharp. He was countering. He was throwing strong um, hooks. He was actually using his right hand more than I anticipated. Canelo's more known for that left hook, but he was countering with good rights. He had the head movement on par. He wasn't getting hit with that jab. He was moving very well. But he, too, didn't really go for it. For two guys that were talking so much trash, saying, oh, they're going to knock each other out. They didn't want to leave it in the judge's hands. Where was that? Because we didn't see it. It really looked like a glorified sparring session. Clearly didn't live up to the first two fights. The first two fights were classics. This fight wasn't something I'll probably ever watch again in my life. That's how I felt about it. Canelo, like I said, looked good early. But he faded late. I don't know how. The fight was was fought at such a slow pace. I couldn't imagine someone being that tired, a professional fighter, that tired into the fight. But somehow Canelo was gassed late in the fight. That's when Triple G kind of stepped on the gas a little bit, tried to accumulate some rounds, and I thought he did win maybe three or four rounds. The judges were ready to give it to him. The judges had it extremely close. They wanted to give it to him, but Triple G didn't want it. He, If he would have won one or two of those early rounds, he would have a draw or even a unanimous decision his way, or split decision, excuse me, his way. That's how bad the judges were. One thing we know about these two fighters, judges cannot seem to agree on it. I feel like it was kind of overcompensating for the previous fights. They probably looked at it like, hey, we don't want to be responsible for robbing this guy again. The first two fights were controversial, especially the first fight. Second fight, I felt, could have went either way. First fight was extremely controversial, and I feel like the judges might have had that in the back of their mind. They are human beings. Had that in the back of their mind and kind of leaned his way when they shouldn't have. Were really biased for him because they didn't want to be biased against him, if that makes any sense. They were really forcing it, (laughs) really, for lack of a better term. They were forcing it with some of these rounds. But anyway, the fight was a dud. The card didn't live up at all. I thought the card on paper was really good. It just didn't deliver. Uh, Bam Rodriguez, who, in my opinion, won clearly, and the judges agreed with me on that one. But the commentary, that's another thing that was horrible. The commentators were saying Bam was in a really close fight. People online were saying, oh, is Bam winning this fight? There was kind of some confusion. So that just shows right there, a guy that had so much hype from the hardcores. I'm telling everybody that I know. Bam Rodriguez, you got to watch this guy. You got to watch this guy. And he had a good performance, but it wasn't elite level that we're used to seeing from him. This guy is a guy who fought for a world championship on six days' notice, 
two weight classes above what he was fighting at. That's insanity. Went in there, won the championship, then defended it against the hardest hitter in the division, and this was his second defense of that title. Again, it was a good matchup, a good fight under his belt, but it just didn't deliver that spectacular action that we expected going into it. The whole card just simply didn't deliver. Something that I expect to deliver is this Friday. Shakur Stevenson is back in action in his hometown of Newark, New Jersey at the Prudential Center against Hobson Kanseisau. Kanseisau is someone that the boxing public isn't too familiar with, but if you've been watching this guy, you know he is a legitimate threat to Shakur Stevenson. To me, this is the toughest challenge of Stevenson's career. Former Olympic gold medalist, three-time Olympian, should be undefeated, fought against Oscar Valdez before Shakur took the title off him and was robbed, quite frankly, on the, on the scorecards. Outclassed Valdez, beat him up, really clowned him as well. You know you're confident and you know you're ahead if you're sitting there taunting the guy, making him miss and looking for the punches, like where did that land, where did that go, who are you swinging at? That's the kind of performance Conceição had against Valdez and the judges took it away from him. Robbed him of his moment. He would have been the champion if he would have gotten the decision. He didn't get the decision. Valdez then moved on to fight Stevenson, and the rest is history. Stevenson destroyed Valdez, became the champion, made him look like he didn't belong. So here we go. Shakur versus Conceição for the championship. And Conceição says he looks at this like he's defending the title because in his mind, he won the belt. He beat Valdez before Shakur did. So he's going in with that champion mentality, and that's that's a great way to look at it, in my opinion. These guys are going to be displaying world-class skills. This isn't a knockout puncher versus knockout puncher. These are two amazing athletes that are extremely technical, have an amateur pedigree, are true students of the game going at it here. This is a great matchup. Shakur gets all the credit in the world for me for taking this fight. This is a fight he didn't have to take. The public wasn't crying out for this fight. This is a tough matchup that he chose to take, that he's going out of his way to really clear out the division and leave no doubt of who the best is. If there is any doubt, he's going to eliminate it quickly this Friday. Kanse Sao has a high motor, high energy. He's in shape shape, as the kids would say. Not just shape. This guy is in tip-top condition. If you see him, you will know this guy is prepared. He is a combination puncher when he wants to be. He's also very fluid in his movement. He goes, he changes levels. He goes downstairs and upstairs very well, very unpredictable in his offense. Um, he can also, just like Shakur, go front foot and back foot. He can back you up, and he can also be the guy that you're chasing around the ring trying to find. He's very slick, but he's also pretty aggressive, but he's not a, a, a power puncher. I believe he only has eight KOs, something like that, and maybe 18 fights. Not an impressive KO ratio. He has enough pop to get your respect, but he's not going to knock you out with one shot. Shakur Stevenson, on the other hand, to me, it starts and ends with the footwork. The best feet in the sport of boxing, bar none. You could have your Vasily Lomachenko. You could have your Bam Rodriguez. You can have Alexander Usyk. I'll take Shakur's footwork over anybody in the sport. Of course, Vasily Lomachenko is very flashy. Bam's more flashy. These guys like to pivot a lot, which is impressive. But if you, if you can move with the pivot... Like we saw Tiafimo Lopez do to, to Lomachenko. You negate it. 
Whereas Shakur Stevenson does very subtle movements, very small things you may not notice right away. Go back and look. This guy's feet are always moving slowly. He may not dive out the way. He doesn't have to. He positions his feet in the perfect position. This kid's IQ is extremely high. It's the difference between getting hit and not getting hit. And when it comes to not getting hit, Shakur Stevens right at the top of the game. He is number two in overall connect percentages to Dimitri Bivol. This is a guy who's only been outlanded in maybe two rounds in his entire career. That's ridiculous. This guy is a master of avoiding contact. There's nothing cool about taking punishment, and Shakur Stevenson doesn't take much punishment. Kanseisau is a good defender as well, but he's been down before. Um, that's what worries me in this fight for him. If Shakur steps on the gas and really goes front foot heavy in this fight and just unloads on him, what is Kanseisau going to do? That is something we have to see. I don't know if he has the answer for that. That is a layer of Shakur's game. Like I said, it was it was a little bit prominent in the in the Valdez fight. He was on his front foot, but I still think there's more on the table for Shakur. I still don't think we've seen the best of this kid. I still think that somebody has to bring that out of him. And Conceição might be the guy with enough talent to drag it out of him. And if he does, sky's the limit. Because if Shakur starts putting together offensive onslaughts on people and starts putting people down, he put Valdez down, but it was kind of like a a weird sequence there. He kind of pushed him, then caught him off guard, off balance. I mean, that was a little different. But if he can really put this dude down and make a statement in this fight, to me, that'll be the most impressive thing he's done in his career. Valdez, I knew that fight, how that fight was going to go right from the jump. I told you guys exactly how it was going to go. Valdez didn't stand a chance to me. Herring, same thing. Older guy, he's crafty. He definitely brought some things to the table, but he didn't really stand a real chance. This is a fight where I think Kanseisau does have a small chance. But I'm more, more looking forward to seeing what Shakur is going to do. What level he can get to. Because he's been great. But I think he has a secret level to his game that hasn't been unlocked yet. I think the key to victory here will be whoever can really establish their jab early. Whoever controls the land, really. Whoever dictates the pace of this fight early. I think we'll win this fight. We haven't seen Shakur have to make too many adjustments. So if Kansei Sao can get out to an early lead, I want to see how Shakur reacts to that. That's something we haven't seen. And for Shakur, I think obviously the jab for both guys, but the left hand to the body, I think is going to be the most important punch of the fight. I can see him hurting Kansei Sao at some point, whether it's early or late, I'm not sure. And actually body for both guys because Kansei Sao throws great combinations. So the combinations from Kansei Sao to Shakur's body and the straight left hand one at a time. Shakur isn't a big combination guy when it comes to body punching, but he's very sharp and he doesn't miss. So that left hand from the southpaw position to the body of Kansei Sao is going to be a difference maker. It's just going to be a little bit of a different dynamic than what Shakur is used to facing because Kansei Sao is a guy who's taller than him and actually has the reach advantage. And like I said, he's a premier athlete. Both these guys are high-level athletes. They can move. They can do a lot of different things in the ring. So it's going to be a true test. Can't wait to see it. This is Friday night. I believe the main card, which is also going to feature Keyshawn Davis on the co-main, begins at 10 p.m. on ESPN and ESPN+. Plus. But the full undercard begins at 8 p.m. on ESPN+. Plus Exclusively, you're going to see a crop of great young talent. You have guys like Jahai Tucker, 
who's undefeated. You have also Keyshawn Davis, as I mentioned earlier, is on the co-main. He's a stud. If you haven't seen him, definitely check him out. Lightweight division is loaded with talent, and he's right at the top of that list. You also have Bruce Carrington, a.k.a. Shushu. 4-0, this guy is a beast. Top rank has the best crop of young fighters. Mind you, these matchups aren't the greatest. These are, If you're a wrestling fan, these are equivalent to squash matches. They're more of a showcase just to get these guys out there, get their name out there, and let them show you what, you, what they can do. But they're not matched up tough at all. Just being honest, these are pretty soft touches, but you will see some good talent in there. And also you have um, Floyd Diaz, young cash flow. If you were a Floyd Mayweather fan, you watched 24-7 back in the day on ESPN, excuse me, on HBO, then you remember a young kid hitting the pads and Floyd Mayweather saying, that's young cash flow right there. This kid was like 8 or 9 at the time. Now he's a professional 4-0 boxer. So it's it's crazy that the talent was there at that young age where he got a little spotlight on him, and he's kind of living up to it. He's a pro. I mean, he hasn't done anything in the pro ranks yet, but he's still a professional boxer, undefeated. He's on his rise. So that's cash flow. Floyd Diaz, uh, Bruce Carrington, Shushu, Keyshawn Davis, and Jahai Tucker, all immensely talented, all going to look to steal the show on this undercard. And then, of course, the main fights are at 10 p.m. Tune in. It's something you don't want to miss. It's not like last week. You don't have to pay any money. This is a free event if you have ESPN or ESPN+. Plus. But it's not a pay-per-view, in, in other words. It's not going to... Uh, cost you $75, that's for sure. And it should deliver much more action than all of the fights did last weekend. My final prediction for the main event is Shakur Stevenson by unanimous decision. It's hard to really pick anything against him um, until he gets in there with someone that can really crack. I think a real power puncher is the only thing that can really deter this kid. He's got all the skills. And as Floyd Mayweather says, skills pay the bills. I can't wait to see his skills on full display. I'm curious what's next, though, after this. The division isn't really heavy right now. It's not a bad division by any means, but it's not uh, heavy. It's not filled with a lot of names that we recognize. Once Shakur moves up to 135, that is when things will get really interesting. I personally want to see him against Lomachenko. I think the Lomachenko hype is about to be over. I really do. Guy had a great career, not taking anything away from him at his peak. He was one of the best in the world, but I feel like his peak has passed, and it's time to pass that torch, and I think Shakur is the guy that's going to take it away from him. Of course, they want to make the Devin Haney fight. Devin Haney is undefeated at 35. They want to put Devin Haney versus Lomachenko. To me, that's kind of a waste of time. I think Haney should move up to 140, and I think Shakur moving up to 135 would be the better fight because if Devin Haney does what I think he's going to do and beats Lomachenko fairly easily, I don't feel like he's going to get enough credit. I think people will say he's the bigger guy. Um, Lomachenko's already lost two times. It's not a huge deal for Haney to beat him. But on the flip side of that, if, if Shakur moves up and beats Lomachenko, I think that's a bigger statement. A guy coming from a lower division than a guy who's already been at the division and seems to be too big for that division. Haney is a big 135-pounder. Killing his body to make the weight. I think 140 is much more healthy for his body and healthy for the sport because 140 is right there and it's going to be the best division of them all when it's all said and done. At 130, 
Shakur is clearing it out. There's not really anyone that you can look at and say, oh, I see that guy beating Shakur. You just simply can't be honest with yourself and say that. So at 135 against Loma, that'll be the fight for me that needs to be made. And Lomachenko had his opportunity to fight Devin Haney a while ago at 35. He didn't want to. That is why the franchise championship was a thing. That's why they called Devin Haney the email champion. Because Lomachenko didn't want to defend against his mandatory, which was Devin Haney. So they elevated him to this franchise championship, which is completely made up and bullshit, if we're being honest. Franchise doesn't mean anything. So they emailed Devin Haney the real championship. That is how he got the label of email champion. So if I'm Devin Haney, I say, hey, listen, this guy was ducking me back then. I'm not going to give him the opportunity. I'm going to move up. I'm not going to kill my body to fight this guy. I'm going to move up to 140 and try and conquer that division. But either way, there's a lot of, of possibilities for Shakur. I'm just curious on the path he'll take. He says he wants to be undisputed. That remains to be seen. But tune in Friday night, not Saturday. Remember, Friday night. That's not me miss saying this. It is a Friday night fight. For whatever reason, I do not know. Saturday, there is a good fight. There is actually Joseph Parker versus Joe Joyce. A great heavyweight matchup. Joe Joyce, to me, is a monster of the division. I think he is going to cause problems for any of the champions in that weight class or any contenders in that weight class. Joseph Parker is a good fighter, but I think Joe Joyce, with his jab and his extremely amazing chin, this guy takes some serious shots. They call him the juggernaut for a reason. Joe Joyce is the real deal. I expect him to handedly beat Joseph Parker. But that's on Saturday. Friday night is the ESPN card. Do not miss it. That's all I got for you guys this week. Tune in next weekend. There's plenty of boxing on the horizon. This fall is heating up. Hopefully we get the official announcement soon for Errol Spence Jr. versus Terrence Crawford. And then we'll be off to the races. But that's all I got for you guys this week. I'm back next week. Don't forget, give me that five-star review. Subscribe. Like it. All that stuff. I'm out.